Well, good morning and welcome to our podcast. Good morning. We're a little bit further through uh, John and uh, we've got an opportunity to um, reflect on our passage for this week, but it'd be good just to, I don't know, we haven't done one for, I think it's two weeks really. And I haven't done one for more than that. I think the last one was with Diana. No, I don't. Not no, I d- was. We did one in between. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. I don't we think I've done back. one for a long time. Oh, there you go. We'll, uh, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> the <laughs> listeners will know. I'm pretty sure um, we did. So we've had um, half term. We got away to Barcelona. Yeah, which was fantastic. And we got back from Barcelona in the wind. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a bumpy landing. So we landed on Friday night. Um, got delayed leaving Barcelona because of the wind, uh, but we landed back safe in the cold of mm, Stansted, having left the warmth. Really hard getting a bit of winter sunshine, and it really was. It was really, really sunny. It was really warm. Um, it was just a real treat. Hmm. So we were thankful for that. And then got back in the windy cold. Yeah. Um, and it's and chucking it down now. And it's chucking it down this morning. And also, Justin Lund, you're here on a Thursday morning. Yeah. I'm here again, so um, my job wasn't really working out for mm. me, so I am I'm doing other things again now, but yeah. it means I've got a bit more flexibility. Yeah, it means you're around more, which, yeah. is, uh, which is interesting. Little it means bits. that later on in the week we can just sit and reflect. Uh, and we are doing it a little bit late, so we had home group last night, so we've kind of reflected on mm. that uh, a little bit. So, And also, just before we, um, we were saying, I think when you're, um, kind of when you're preaching pastors like this and, you know, come early in the week is easy to reflect I think yeah. now I've been living in the next passage so it's hard to go back um, and yeah, reflect sure. again uh, quite on on where we were um, last week um, so that's catching up with us so we've got this so it's John 7 starting in verse 1 to um, 13 and it's about Jesus interaction with his brothers um, him saying he's not going to go to the festival uh, and then sneaking off to the festival um, anyway but not publicly and in secret uh, and then this whole kind of no, everyone was fearful, you know, of talking yeah. about him. He was hiding in secret at this um, very important um, festival week, um, and no one was allowed to talk about him. Yeah. So that's kind of the situation. Yeah. Um, and this is also a, a passage that I've very much read and taken at face value. Um, I've taken the words for what they are for Jesus' actions, but you've read into it, being that you're studying further in John's Gospel mm. already. And reading a lot of um, a lot of books around this topic, you're already reading into this passage, so you've been more reading into the illusion of Jesus as the tabernacle in yeah. this, whereas I was reading into it much more as simply a family matter almost. Because mm. um, this really dispute. does start a very long dialogue passage, so it goes yeah. on. This is one snapshot of a big chunk of kind of discussion and debate uh, about who Jesus was and what he was doing and um, so this really is the introduction to okay. that next movement so we have this idea that you know Jesus moved across the lake he taught at the um at the synagogue everyone headed for the hills yeah. and ran away that's the podcast we did last time yeah um uh, and now there's this kind of he's there and um, he's been hanging around for a few months now and then we have this movement again back into Jerusalem where he's engaging with those in authority so the movement that John kind of presents is quite interesting and we have this a little bit of a conflict situation that arises as he moves back um, in secret um, mm-hmm. to the um, you know probably the most significant 
festival feast yeah. uh, that was going on had amazing overtones of what it meant to be dwelling with God yeah. um, at this time. But I think one of the things I didn't pick up on, uh, and I think it's it's really helpful to talk about other stuff, otherwise I feel like I talk about the same stuff mm. that we talked about on Sunday, was this family dynamic mm-hmm. um, that Jesus has with his brothers. Um, and I think this is the first time John's mentioned his brothers. Yeah, I think so. Um, and they just kind of appear. Um, and it, it John's very clear, you know, they did not believe him. No. They they weren't, they didn't get it. Yeah. You know. Um, but you had an interesting reflection on, on maybe we don't talk about his brothers really, do we? No, we don't talk about his family. We don't talk about him having so brothers. So we talk about Mary more because she appears a little bit. Yeah, we don't tend to talk about Joseph post. No. Um, he isn't really mentioned. No, not at all. Um, post the nativity. So, you know, what is the family situation? It's interesting from a Catholic point of view, they would allude that these are Joseph's that these are Joseph's children from another marriage. So mm, these right, are okay. not J- Jesus's actual blood relatives because they hold to the fact that Mary continued to be a virgin for uh, the okay. rest of her right, life. Okay. So whereas we as- probably assume these are Jesus's younger brothers yeah, that okay. they're brothers that they've they've had after Jesus. Um, that's that's not an appealing thought within the Catholic Church. The idea is very much that Mary remained a virgin, and that's important. So I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not up on my. You're a little bit further on my your Catholic understanding. Is that because then it wasn't just that Mary was a virgin, but she continued. She always was, and then can yes. always be now. So you always look at her. So she stays utterly pure and untouched. Okay. Um, Generally, the understanding is that sex contaminates. So for her to have had sex even after Jesus was for her to then not be pure, okay. um, which I think as kind nonconformists, we wouldn't necessarily take that view. No, because church generally don't like talking about sex. Generally, we don't. So no. to have a Mary that yes. we don't so have to it's engage just with. Easier <laughs> to having keep a Jesus who pure. wasn't married and a, and a Mary who never had sex. That kind of yeah just stamps that one out, doesn't it? Yeah. So, but when I've come across Catholic teaching on the brothers, right, it's been of an understanding that mm, they okay. are from another marriage of Joseph. They are so they're Jesus's older stepbrothers. Mm, okay, it's interesting, isn't it? But that's never mentioned. You don't no, know this is all kind of conjecture. <coughs> but so it's in because you know we are if. I, I don't think you you probably don't appreciate or we don't appreciate just the f- how important family was. Yeah. You know, so to to not mention Jesus' family as much that's you know that might be considered a bit strange. Mm-hmm. You know because it was because but if you understand that they didn't believe him and had real questions about yeah. what he was saying, you could probably understand why no one really if they really did get you know yeah uh, and were on board. Um, but um, but yeah, so it's an interesting dynamic to have Jesus and then his his family not believing. Yeah, um, the same stuff. And they've known him his whole life. They will have seen him perform yeah. miracles. They would have known he was different, mm. and yet not really engaged with who he was, um, or understood mm. understood Jesus, and in the sense that the disciples were beginning to get a glimpse of Jesus brothers perhaps weren't really understanding that but then 
that's familiarity really isn't it you know the more you spend time with people the more you are used to them you're used to their ways Mm, um and so it's quite hard it's hard to be a witness to your own family and that's so we i think we i look out on sunday morning and uh, look into our own family and around that Mm. we you know there are many of us who have either siblings or parents uh, who aren't christians and and live in some of that tension you know even church on a Sunday can be a real tension yeah. you know and we think of yeah. good friends of ours who've got kids who no longer go to church or you know there's a real Sunday it's a real can be a real tension yeah, point sure. uh, and how that's perceived as a child grows up or a family members have perceived someone's dedication to a mm-hmm. church um, yeah. and how we can probably get that wrong and I think you know there's a it's a difficult one to get right, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up with a member in youth group, you know, friends of mine who were really had family working in the church and they just got really bitter about it. So I don't yeah. always, yeah. you know, and ended up going, I don't know if that was the reason why they didn't continue in their faith, but there was a, I don't think they saw modelled in front of them something mm. that, uh, from a family dynamic. And now we have, you know, um, people who leave their partner to come to church yeah. by themselves and yeah. how that feels yeah sure and but just here you just assume that if anybody was going to model um perfect christianity it was jesus and yet even for jesus they're not fully on board and that's because there is this i don't know when i think of you know you you use the words there perfect christianity i think of kind of a happy smiling american family um all looking very clean um coming to church um, all together putting on the show um, or, or kind of if I put it to the UK I guess it's you know going to the Anglican church all together sitting in the pew together yeah. uh, and that being what's perceived as the perfect yeah. you know, Christian family and uh, it's interesting how many stories come out of you know scratch below the surface of that and it's not quite what it seems Yeah. Um, and here it's not quite what it seems there is not a unity in Jesus and his family um, sure. on this and you know arguably they were more obsessed about family yeah. than we are now yeah um, but it is an interesting um, connection there and there, it's you know what was their motivation I think is the challenge because they talked about if you you know anyone who wants to become a public figure doesn't act in secret uh, you know so go you know don't act in yeah. secret and there is this hiddenness you know John hasn't really talked John's been very open with Jesus' identity and telling the story. Others, you know, I think of Mark where it's like, keep it keep it quiet. Yeah. Don't mention anything. And this is probably, I think it's the first time the secrets kind of come up. You know, yeah, okay. Let's keep things quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and the brothers are perceiving that Jesus is acting in secret. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he secretly goes uh, and hides out uh, at, the, um, at the festival. Yeah. Um, and that's the first time we've come across that, uh, I think, in John. Oh, it's interesting because they do, um, in a way, they kind of believe in him. They feel yeah. that he should be showing yes, what he do. can do. There's, you know, perhaps even a sense of they have a pride in him. Yeah, it's interesting, um, isn't it? But Jesus doesn't want to follow that pride. And, you know, that within a family, we can also... we big each other up and that's a really good and helpful thing mm. but that wasn't what Jesus was about 
No. I just find this, I find this passage, like so much of John, just again, you know, as soon as you start kind of Mm. tapping into it, nothing's quite as it seems. And um, it's really difficult to make a strong opinion of what you think. Because you get more information than you think you should. Um, but it's hard to deal with the more information you get. Yeah, sure. Because like Jesus' explanation for why he shouldn't go is, well, the world cannot hate you, but it hates me. Um, so it's like, well, if you went, you'd be all right. But if I went, you know, yeah. they'd hate me. You know, And there is this understanding that Jesus did perceive the hatred out there for what he was going to yeah. say. Um, and that's contrasted with the joy that there was at the feeding of the 5,000. Yeah, sure. Um, the reception that he got over the other side of the... Sea of Galilee, there was a real, and there is this mark of, you know, excitement and joy, and then fear of, uh, and hatred that comes from the other side. So there's a polarized chat, and John does present this back and forth, doesn't it? It's kind of, mm. you know, when he goes into the public sphere in the temple and around, there is this kind of real aggression towards yeah. him. But when he's with the people, showing something of the kingdom of God, there's a real lightness and a joy within that. And I think in this passage, we have um, them both mixed together. Yeah, they really So do. there's the sense that actually, if he goes, like his brothers, there are those desperate to see Jesus. There are those who want to um, praise him and see yeah. him and follow him. And then there are others who are, you know, talking in malicious ways. Mm against him so you've got you've got a mix and jesus you know doesn't want to go into the mix revealed as he is so he goes in secret yeah my time is not here and there's a there was a feeling that if he did go with everyone it'd be like a little mini triumphant entry you know they would yeah absolutely i was thinking they would get he would get noticed and even him arriving you know publicly would have caused a buzz and a yeah. crowd uh, and that movement into you know at a really important time um would that and there's something in the timing there's so my time's not it's not what i want to yeah. do yet um i'm not quite there because we have this real delineation of time in john more than others yeah. you know there's these years go by and you see where he is marked by the festivals normally yeah you know, what year he's going to what festival um and this is like you know i've got more to do before i'm I think you're right to say it's like a mini um, triumphant entry. In fact, it perhaps wouldn't have been so mini. No, it was you know just like um, he entered into Jerusalem during the Passover. He would have entered in during the Festival of Tabernacles, and he had very few days left once he entered into Jerusalem in the triumphant entry. Because it would have triggered the so in this sense he would have had few days left, and that somehow. Jesus knew this, mm. um, which is not something you can share with your family. This is no. not something those who loved him can understand. Because I think we can lose, we can lose in this passage. The f- you know, assuming that he was somehow kind of annoyed with the brothers, or yeah, and actually, that, there's not there's nothing to no. say that he doesn't love his brothers, and his brothers didn't love and cherish him. No. Um, they just didn't understand him. And we can often be misunderstood by those closest to us. Yeah. Well, just like it builds on the misunderstanding that at the other side, because they all left, didn't they? They all ran to the hills before. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but, and the ones that were left were, you know, Lord, to whom should we go? 
you know you have the words of eternal yeah. life you know you've got it you know where else would you go and this is mirrored in that well the brothers didn't get it you know mm. and they might not have headed for the hills but they didn't you know yeah they didn't really fully understand um who he was i mean the yeah and then you know i think there is this appreciation of you know jesus is where god dwells and he comes into jerusalem at the time when they're the Feast of the Tabernacles is going on where they're remembering God dwelling in mm. the tent and in the temple. Um, but there is, I think, the other point that, you know, as we reflect on the world this week of the issues in um, Russia invading Ukraine and there's this fear going on and mm. there's this hatred going on and uh, I think it's fair to look at our world and see that that's evident in our world mm. um, in conflicts around the world. Uh, and that's a really stark one this week and I don't think I I don't pretend to understand Russian politics um, or um, the global you know demarcation of uh, kind of countries and boundaries Mm -hmm. and all the history there Um, but there's a fearful time going on and I think if you're in Ukraine at the moment um, you'd be in fear and just as these people were at this festival in fear they just felt they couldn't tell the truth they couldn't even talk about who he was Um, and that's kind of someone under a dictatorship, under kind of control by yeah. um, forces. So there's this fear element to what's going on. Mm. It's not too dissimilar to war, really, because it's about conflict, no. isn't it? Yeah, I, I struggle to know what what quite to say. I haven't I haven't lived in um, under a regime no. in which I'm frightened to talk. Um, of the things that I believe in. I think that's not to say that I haven't at times felt frightened to talk up about my faith, Mm. Um, but that's not fear for my life or fear for the terrible consequences that are going to come about. It's more just some anxiety, probably, of talking about my faith. Um, Whereas this this is a time of fear Mm. and I don't think we can really understand that unless we've been through it. And like you say, people in Ukraine today will be having you know mm. huge kind of anxieties and fears they'll be sitting around their table with their family um, you know unable to talk mm. of anything else and you know our hearts should go out mm. to that situation any in any situation in which people are being oppressed mm. um, and the number of Christians across the world who who can't celebrate their faith openly, yeah. who have to do so in fear and go about things with whispers mm. rather than with shouts. Um, and not just, I mean, of any faith, I'm just thinking of you know, Muslims who are fearful to walk the streets, you know, or fearful of yeah, their experience sure. of abuse that they've had, you know, um, you know Jewish people who've yeah. had similar, you know, there's all sorts of oppression uh, and people living in fear in this country yeah and we say well we've got free speech but if you are frightened of how it's perceived by your neighbors or um how in your appearance is perceived you know uh, and how um that fear you know that is around hatred um you know that's evident in quite a lot of society i think Mm. um maybe we're a bit protected from it here in shelford but still think it's not too far away from my doorstep um, maybe it's a little bit harder to spot here. Um, yeah. But um, there are people that live in fear and um, 
constantly. And in this passage, Jesus walks among those in fear, yeah. but he doesn't necessarily dissipate that fear. No. And how often in in our world and in our lives does Jesus still walk amongst those yeah. going through times of great fear and uncertainty without necessarily taking that away yet nevertheless being there mm. in in that in those struggles because he's right and the world the world would hate him in the end you know and mm. you know his fears would come true they will kill him you know because of what he stands for um so this fear is not ungrounded <laughs> yeah you know they it happened as he thought it would happen um and similar with some fears that people in our country and in the world will have it's like well yeah. if i you know i can say i'm not afraid and i need to walk in without fear but the reality is if they do mm. you know step out of line or if uh they do say the wrong thing then the harsh thing will happen yeah um you know and jesus demonstrated that it does you know you come up against a totalitarian regime uh like the jewish leaders were under roman rule there was no flexibility there they weren't mm. willing to understand that this person in front of him was god yeah. dwelling on earth um it was about the temple it was about protecting you know the um the position um and he paid the price for that mm. so we're just seeing um signs and whispers mm. of the final days of yeah. jesus life here really mm. um there's a lot of undertoes of the triumphant yeah. entry and yeah, I ultimately think there is. Jesus' yeah. crucifixion and the crowds um the crowds going against him. Mm. Um Yeah, I, think, I mean you know, I think we are seeing that here. Yeah, it's building up, isn't it? Yeah, and the stakes are getting higher. You know, we had kind of interactions with, you know, secretly Nicodemus or oh, there was you know, the the secret thing, Nicodemus yeah. came in secret in the dark to work out who he was. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, then you had him after the healing in the sabbath uh, and the rulers were like no no he's gonna die you know we're yeah. gonna persecute him he will die um and here we have the big public you know interaction with the kind of um the temple and the mm -hmm. um, because it's where everyone was this is a public display it's an important festival it's everyone was paying attention mm. um, and jesus walks in um okay halfway through the festival because first half he's hiding away but yeah. he walks into it um, and there is that foreshadowing probably of his final days as well mm -hmm. coming up against it up against it mm. so there is this kind of whole old testament and the law that i mean the, this is the next passage really but um reading these that it's not just about the tabernacle festival it's about the law and the interpretation of the law because the next bit goes on to talk about healing on the sabbath which is what he did a few you know, you know, a number of months ago, uh, and using that as a way of kind of undermining the law to a certain extent, but also fulfilling the law. So that's kind of the next bit, which I can't talk too much about now, otherwise I'll spoil it. No, because you're already <laughs> getting into all of that in terms of your sermon reading um, right now. But I think this is a this is a passage that I read first of all just at face value. Mm. Um, there is a lot more going yeah. on. And I just think that's classically John. There's there's so much going on. It's all, he doesn't write a word accidentally. No. Everything is crafted and chosen, um, uh, painstakingly written. 
to give us an impression mm. of what was really going on. And it is all form of conflict, isn't it? It's all Jesus claiming authority, claiming that he's authentic, and coming up against those who don't believe mm. or can't see. And some are seeing. You know, I think those who sat on the nice grass on the hillside eating yep. bread and fish, I think they saw something. Uh, yep. I think the calming the storm and you know, whether you're in the boat or on the other side, just like how did that happen? They saw something. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus' words, and when he goes to the Feast of Tabernacle, is just words. He doesn't do any miracles. It's no. words he's saying. His words are what get him into trouble in the end yeah. because he's he's explaining what he's doing um and no one's going to believe no one will or a lot of the most of those in authority won't aren't willing to question how they've been doing all these years and they can't change um and there's a powerful image of you know god's there wanting to change things but as humans we're not willing to do it yeah and as we you know reflect on you know, all of our, you know, kind of lives and how we might need to change and grow and uh, adapt. We need to be willing to question and change, you know, how we do mm-hmm. things. Otherwise, we just keep keep staying in the same situation. Um, because change is quite hard. It's hard, you know, it would have been incredibly hard for them to hear what Jesus mm-hmm. was saying. It's like, so you're saying everything I've done before is wrong. And it's, it's a painful thing to hear, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. I think maybe we're a little bit early, but I think probably we've covered everything we want to cover. Yeah, I think so. Um, I do have to say, I remember I definitely have done another podcast since Diana did. So just just eat humble pie (laughs) on that one. (laughs) I remember because you said that was your favorite verse. Yes. Lord, um, to whom should we go? You have the word of eternal Yeah, I've remembered that. You remember now? Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) I remember now. You're still just a little bit upset that Diana did a podcast, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was very pleased with Diana's <laughs> podcast. Um, and, you know, it is interesting, you know, if you're to reading ahead, this is all conflict. Then, I mean, just a spoiler, you get to, I don't know how we're going to do John 8, because an IV go full italics, question marking, yeah. whether it, it should even sure. be here. Yeah. Um, so there's a real opportunity to have a have a separate discussion, really, about how we appreciate scripture again because there's some mm-hmm. huge question marks over a very famous passage you know, yeah one that's very um so this is um end of seven uh, beginning of um eight uh, one to thir- eleven you know there's it's a really famous passage um but it comes you can't make it mm-hmm. this is like the niv's version of big hazard warning lines yeah <laughs> you know to go to that that's not just a footnote that's uh yeah absolutely you know, wow this is um so you know how we appreciate i do scripture feel is. that i really need to be reading up before the sunday service because i think with john i think if we're only studying the one passage yeah. one bit at a time and they're all interconnected we're missing the context and the context mm. is really important in mm. this sense so reading around the chapter yeah, um, no, it's is something important. that I, I think and I'm going to really challenge myself to do Because this more. is just, so seven is the, f- I don't know how long it goes for, but, you know, we're, we're kind of into a massive chunk of, mm. of debate and discussion that can get quite heavy, you know. Along yeah. Because um, he's nitpicking over the law, you know, he's kind of, he's pulling the law apart, which is no small thing because yeah. it's their life, you know, the Jewish leader's life is to obey the law. Um, 
but it's always a bit foreign to us. I yeah, think we really don't is. really appreciate yeah. just what but is being One thing I, I think I did reflect on Sunday was this idea that the Pharisees were trying to recreate this God dwelling with them again. Yeah, you know, sure. Through their obedience to the law, they thought if they got the law 100% right, then God again would tabernacle with them. Yeah. Uh, and that, I yeah. thought that was a really significant thing. So maybe understand why, why are the Pharisees so obsessed yeah. <coughs> with every letter of the law. And it's like, well, they thought if they got it 100% that then everything would be reset in some ways and that God would again dwell with mm. his people. Having had the story of exile, having had the story of coming back, but now being under Roman rule, they thought if they got it right, they would everything will be resolved mm. um, and we can think that in life as well isn't it? if we yeah, just do all absolutely. the right things if we do our quiet time if we do our prayers if we you know do what we think God wants then everything's going to go well yeah and yeah. I keep getting caught up on that because yeah, I would say I don't believe in that at all but I still practice that I live yeah. thinking that well, I, I did that, God. So come on, it's your your turn to show up now. Well, the job thing was, uh, you know, I don't know, if but the job thing was interesting because we thought that was, you know, this is God's timing. This is, yeah. you know, right, and you go through, and it didn't quite work out how we thought. Mm. You know, so you then have to reassess and work through. And if we're too get too caught up in proclaiming that this is God's, you yeah, know, kind of will for us, or that this is all mapped out for us, uh, and when it doesn't work out, that's really painful, isn't it? Mm. Um, but and there's a number of things I think yeah there's we all do that to a certain extent well there we go we did we said we're going to finish early but actually I don't think we are okay we're bang up to our time so thank you for joining us thank uh, you I hope you've appreciated the conversation and God bless you this week goodbye